All right, hey, look, I want you to, I want you to remain standing. Listen, we, we remember, look, this is, this is the first of many riot nights throughout the year. You know, we have our regular riot services with our tribes, but on the last Wednesday night of every month, you need to get here, even if you're from another church, bring your youth group and all that. Listen, a definition of riot, or the, if you look in the dictionary, the, riot, or the word riot has a few definitions, but one of the main definitions is an unrestrained outbreak of passion. An unrestrained outbreak of passion. And what we want, what we want on these last Wednesday nights of the month, we want all of you in here having an unrestrained outbreak of passion for God. Come on, can you give it up for God? Come on, you can do better than that. God, we love you. We thank you for tonight. And Lord, we just invite the Holy Spirit here. Lord, I thank you that you're going to meet with every young person here tonight, Lord, you, God, I thank you that you've called them. And we're going to respond to that call. We're going to say yes to you, Jesus. We're going to renounce the world. We're going to renounce all of, it, of, all, all of the sin and the temptation, all of this junk that tries to pull us away from you, God. We renounce it. And Jesus, we give our full allegiance to you. And Lord, we thank you as Pastor Perry's about to come up right now, Lord, that he's anointed. You're going to speak through him, God. And Lord, we're going to be changed forever by your word, God. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Now, before you sit down, listen, I want to introduce, you guys are in for an amazing treat. Look, it's an amazing treat. Pastor Perry Noble. New, I know, I know, you've, heard, I know you've, you, you, you've heard of him. He's from right up the road here. And from Anderson, South Carolina, he's got churches all over South Carolina. About 40,000 people attend New Spring Church uh, every Sunday, every weekend. He has an amazing student ministry called Fuse. They have an amazing retreat down here in Daytona where about 5,000 students are going to gather this summer for the gauntlet. I know you guys are going to love him. He's an amazing man of God. Come on, I want you to give a riot welcome for Pastor Perry Noble. Come on, one more time. Give it up. so much. You can be seated. I, uh, you, what you guys have planned for the next four days is absolutely phenomenal. And I kind of feel like I'm the warm-up band because tomorrow night is Pastor Stephen Furtick and he, he is amazing. And then, and then the next night, Robert Mandu, I call him Bishop Robert. Y'all call him that when he gets here. He won't know what you're talking about, but just do it to him. He'll love it. And then Matthew Barnett on Saturday in, oh my, I mean, you guys just have an amazing, amazing lineup. Um, and it's an honor to be here. Um, before, I, before I really dive into what I'm gonna talk about, I just wanna say this. Um, I love your pastor. Uh, I love Pastor Stovall Weems. I love his heart. And, and, and if you're f f familiar with church backgrounds and stuff like that, um, you, you go, okay, let's get through this because normally a pastor will get on and they'll, the stage and they'll kind of honor the pastor. But I think we should honor our pastors. My gosh, look at what's going on here. Look at the amazing move of God. 
And I wanna champion men of God that are leading movements like this where people are coming to Christ and lives are being changed. So I'm always gonna be a champion for that. So you guys have the greatest pastor in the world. If you believe me, say amen. amen. I am from Anderson, South Carolina. Most of you have never been. No reason to go, really. Um, the only claim to fame we really have is uh, the movie Radio that came out several years ago. That's about our town. Hadn't changed much. And um, married, got a beautiful wife named Lucretia. She's white. <laughs> the only reason I said that is because somebody asked if I don't say like everywhere I go, people come up and say, hey man, not that I see anything wrong with this, but I just gotta know. Is your wife white? And I, so, so she is, um, got a beautiful little girl named Karis. She's seven years old. She's got me wrapped around a finger. It's not fair. And, uh, and um, man, I, every year for her birthday, I don't know how you feel about this in Florida, but every year for Karis's birthday, I buy a gun. <laughs> I do. That's legitimate. Now, I know you're here, maybe you're here, and you're all for gun control, and I'm for gun control, too. I have a gun and will control who dates my daughter. And so that's just where I land. And so the night the dude comes pick her up, I'm gonna clean all of them, and I'm just gonna bring him in and say, listen, I bought one of these every year for her birthday, and I will use it, because Paul had an effective prison ministry, and I think I can, too. So, so we'll just see. But because I'm from Anderson, South Carolina, you know, we're, we're, we're not as, as trendy as you guys. Like, I'm looking at the way people up here are dressing, and I'm like, I, I just, I'm not there. I'm, and I think it's awesome that the, the bridges are tore up and everything like that, but I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not trendy. And so several years ago, a friend of um, mine on staff came, and he was talking about this thing called Twitter. Um, how many of you are on Twitter? Facebook, Instagram, Vine, Snapchat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't even know what it was. And so he came up to me and he was like, hey man, have you seen my Twitter? I was like, no freak. I, I'm not looking like I think we could, what are you asking? Why, why are we having this conversation right now? You should get fired for asking me that question. I'm your pastor. So he explained to me what it was and I was like, okay, well, I, I'm not really sure that's, the, that, that's gonna catch on and uh, see, I'm wrong. So I, I hopped on Twitter, and after a while, some things began happening on Twitter, and this symbol, if we can put that symbol up there, this symbol became popular. Anybody know what that is? It's called a hashtag. Hashtag. Now, when you hashtag something, it's something that you either champion or you identify with. So what I'm gonna do tonight is I'm gonna put I say I'm some really, really smart technical person is gonna hit a button and on the screen is gonna come up a hashtag and if you identify with this hashtag, I just want to hear from you. So the first hashtag is. <laughs> now if you're an adult and you're not into Twitter, what this is is all the high school students just screamed out loud because they could identify hashtag high school. It's a tag, it's a label. They're labeled high school, and so they're gonna identify with that. Now this next one, I, I'm just asking. It's not a statement, I just wanna see where it lands. All right, can we go to the next one?
hey, 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 I'm, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't have a dog in this fight. I just wanted to see. Some people are gonna quit the church. All right, next one. I gotta have some coffee in the morning, y'all. Golly bum. My wife, my wife, is a, she's a medical doctor. She went through college and medical school and has never drank coffee, ever. Good Lord. Next one. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'll jump in right here. Don't you dare boo Taylor Swift. I got a seven-year-old daughter and I could bust out on an acoustic guitar, and we can sing that we are out of the woods. Yes, we are out of the woods. Yes, we are out of the woods. Anyways, and last but not least. Okay, so, so we've got the concept, right? Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag is something that you connect with. Hashtag is something that, that labels you. And so with, with this, with this, um, with this thought in mind, I wanna, I wanna kinda go over a couple things and kinda get some stuff in our mind before we kinda go to the next uh, level. And for those of you Bible people, I will get there eventually. Love the Bible, love scripture, love God, love Jesus, I promise you, because some of you are gonna be like, he is gone for 20 minutes and he has not opened the holy word of God. <laughs> Number one, that's why you don't have any friends. <laughs> it's being real. <laughs> And number two, I'll get there, okay? I'll get there. But when it comes to labeling something, when it comes to hashtagging or labeling something, um, there's really two, two common ideas. There's two things that, that can hashtag or label something. If you're a note taker and you wanna take notes, number one is the maker. If you're the maker of something, you can label it. You can effectively label something because you made it. For example, I'm wearing... Um, uh, I'm wearing Vans tonight. Um, yeah, yeah, hey, because somebody bought them for me, I didn't know, they were like, please wear these, Pastor P. Um, your shoes are old. So I'm wearing Vans tonight, but Vans can label these shoes because they made them, okay? Like Nike could not come in and put their label on Vans shoes because Nike did not make the shoes. Only the maker has the right to label something. So if you're wearing something Nike, only Nike can label that because they made it. Are we tracking so far? All right, second is the buyer. The buyer. The buyer has the right to hashtag or label someone or something. So I remember when I was a kid, my dad took me and bought me a baseball glove and the first thing he told me to do was write my name in it. Right, you get a backpack, your mom tells you to write your name in it, you get a jacket, your mama makes you write your name in it or whatever, the, the, the buyer. So the maker, the person that makes the product or the person that purchases the product, so for example, I could do that to my baseball glove, but if you were to leave tonight and go to Academy Sports with a Sharpie and just sh start signing all the baseball gloves, you're gonna get kicked out. You're gonna get, if you do, if you do decide to do that, please put it on YouTube, I'd love to see what that looks like. All right, so. The maker or the buyer. Now, I'm gonna ask you a question and I don't want you to answer it out loud. Now, it's hard in a room like this, okay? But I'm gonna ask you a question and 
And the reason I don't want you to answer it out loud is because I believe the answer to this question will impact the rest of your life. I believe it's, good. I believe it's one of the most important questions that's ever been asked. And so in order to practice, just to make sure that you won't answer out loud, I'm gonna, answer, I'm gonna ask a question. If you know the answer, don't answer out loud. We're just gonna practice, okay? All right? Here's the question. Who sings the song, we're never, ever getting back together? You, see, you did it. You did, I, I told you not. That's what I told you not to do. If your neighbor did that, turn him and tell him, don't do that. You messed up his rhythm. In all seriousness, I do wanna ask you a question, and I don't want you to answer it out loud. I want you to think about it because it do, does have the impact. It does have the potential to impact your life, and the question is this. What or who has the right Hashtag you. What or who has the right to hashtag you? What or who has the right to hashtag you? Now, before we answer that question, I wanna go through some hashtags, some labels that I grew up with. And these aren't labels that I gave myself, these are labels that other people put on me because everybody in here tonight, it doesn't matter if you're middle school, high school, um, 30 or under, or adult, we have hashtags. We have labels. Some of us have carried these labels for a year. Some of, these, some of us have cabled, carried these labels for 40 or 50 years. And they're things that other people put on us. My first one, and don't, don't put it up yet because I wanna talk about it for a second. In the 10th grade, I had to go get a pair of pants, and uh, the, I remember, never will forget, they, they took my waist size to size me up, and I was a size 50. I weighed over 300 pounds. I was humongous. I could not get a date. I didn't date in middle school. Nobody would skate with me at the skating rink. Like, couple skate, I was out. Right? I couldn't get a date. Nobody, and listen, I got turned down more times than the sheets at the Holiday Inn. I mean, it, it happened. <laughs> so one of the very first hashtags I ever had to deal with was this, this one right here, unattractive. Now, some of you are like, uh, you're still dealing with that. And I, I understand, understand, I'm happily married as long as she thinks I look good, then I look good. But here's what I want you to know. This hashtag right here is powerful. I especially wanna talk to the girls for just a second. Some of you have an eating disorder because of this hashtag. You compare yourself to other people and because you don't feel as attractive you have an eating disorder. Some of you girls, and listen, I'm just talking from a pastor and a father's heart. You will let guys do things to you that you know they shouldn't do because you feel unattractive. And when he does that to you, it makes you feel pretty temporarily. But I want you to listen to me. If you don't hear anything else I say tonight, hear this. If you are a daughter of God, 
then you are worth way more than a midnight Snapchat. You really are. See, hashtags, hashtags are powerful. They have the ability to kind of take us and control us and mess with our minds. And there are people in this room that you've let that hashtag dominate you for way too long. My second hashtag, um, I went, I went to school in like a private school for about the first four or five years. I was hyperactive, ADD, ADD, HD, ABCD, EFG. I've got it all. Um, I'm, I, I'm serious. I was, I was just a, I was just a jacked up little kid. And, um, and so I did pretty good in private school, but then they put me in public school and they had this thing where, the, um, like reading comprehension and I couldn't read real well. I, I could read, but I just couldn't comprehend. So I could read something, they were like, what was that about? I was like, I don't know. And, and so they put me in like a lower class and eventually they put me in a remedial reading class. So I, I picked up this next hashtag. Now I did. And I was in a remedial math, or I was in a remedial um, reading class and then I transferred high schools one time and had to take an entrance test to get into the high school and I don't do well on those little bubble things um, and, and, and so I, I literally got put in a remedial math class. When I, took this, when I took the SAT, I made a 790. Some of you are like, don't you get 400 points for writing your, yes, I do. Thank you very much, uh, yes. But you know what? That hashtag consumed me and controlled me. For years, I would, let, I would believe that I couldn't do what God had called me into because I was stupid. Third hashtag, um, I, I've always, if you're an athlete, I've always just looked up to you, I've always admired you. Um, I'm six foot six, I weigh 225 pounds, I did not play football, I did not play basketball, I'm not good at either one, I cannot dominate anyone in anything, um, but I really wanted to play football. So my fifth grade year, I decided to go out for football, um, and I was awesome. I played tailback. Get your tail back on that bench, that's the only thing I really did well. <laughs> But my brother, I've got an older brother, I like way older, when I say way older, he was 18 when I was born, I was a Sunday afternoon nap baby, if you don't want that mean, if you don't know what that means, go home and ask your mom and dad, they'd love to explain it to you. <laughs> anyway, so I, I mean late in life, late. And my brother play, played football, my dad always talked about him playing football, and so I wanted to play football, and my fifth grade year went out, and I was horrible, and then my sixth grade year, um, sixth graders were supposed to start, and I didn't start because I was horrible, and then my 11th grade year, I was gonna go out one more time, and I was, gonna, I was gonna try one more time to play football, and I couldn't play football, so the next hashtag I picked up was disappointment. Now there are men in this room that have carried that hashtag for 20 and 30 and 40 years in regards to your relationship with your father. It's dominated you, it's controlled you, it's consumed, you feel like a disappointment to your family and there are some people in this room that feel like a disappointment to God. The next hashtag was um, my mother died when I was 12 years old. Uh, really, really close to my mom, I was a mama's boy, she took me to church. Uh, I tell everybody I had a drug problem when I was a kid. 
I got drugged to church on Sunday morning. I got drugged to church on Sunday night. I got drugged. If mama heard that the doors were open, because I was a hyperactive kid, right? And, and she would take me to the Baptist church. She would take me to the Wesleyan church. She would take me to the Pentecostal church, hoping that somebody could get me straight or whatever. And um, she got cancer when I was 12 years old. And, and she, was, she was diagnosed with cancer, and then she died three months later. And so I ran from God. Um, you name, name a sin, and I've probably done it, and I, and I probably did it well. From the ages of 12 to about 18 years old, I ran hard from God. You know what I've discovered about Christians? They'll give you a hashtag, too. We had some Christians in our school, and they gave me this hashtag. And so I lived up to it. I let people who didn't love me but wanted to judge me label me. Did y'all hear that? I let people who didn't love me but wanted to judge me label me. And when you allow people to label you as ungodly, you know what you'll do? You'll just say, hey, I'm already ungodly. Why not just dive back into the activities that everybody's judging me for anyway? And so once you go too far, it's, you'll go too far again and you'll go even further the next time because after all, you've already been labeled ungodly. Why not, why not just go? And last but not least, last but not least, the last one, is I had a relative one time get really drunk and he told me, he said, Perry, you know what? You're an accident. Your mom and dad didn't mean to have you. Your mother considered aborting you and uh, you just weren't planned. It's the fifth hashtag I picked up, accident. Now some people in this room believe you're an accident. You believe when God made you that God messed up. But God has never said, oops, my bad, or I made a mistake, right? But think about that for a minute. Think about that, because I would be willing to bet that everyone in this room, if you were honest, would say that you at least identified with one of those hashtags, one of those labels. Some of you, maybe all five. They're powerful. They control you, but, but once again, once again, Go back to the original question, and I want you to hear me on this, and I want you to hear my heart, okay? If you don't get anything else I say tonight, I want you to walk out with this. The one who made you and bought you is the only one who has the right to hashtag you. The one who made you, God made you, and he bought you, and he's the only one that has the right to hashtag you, and when we learn to get our identity in Christ rather than our identity in what people say about us on social media, we can live in the freedom that God called us to live in in the first place. All right, I'm 20 minutes in, let's go to the Bible. I told you Bible people I'd get there and some of you started timing me. All right, here we go. Go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, if you brought a Bible, you can thumb there on your little mobile device. We're gonna talk, um, these are words from a guy named Jesus. I love his stuff. Um, he's got a movie out, it's pretty good, it's rated R, um, and, but he's got a great book too, if, you, if you've read it before. Um, I was just talking about the Bible there for those of you that didn't know what that was. All right, so I, I, love, I love the words of Jesus. And I love it in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, when he says this, look at this. Come to me. Come to me. Now look at those first three words. In fact, if you do this kind of thing, circle that in your Bible. Like I can't, I can't circle in my Bible. Yes, you can. It's a tree held together 
by a couple cows, all right? That, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's the divinely inspired word of God, but it's okay to put an underline in it, all right? You're not gonna get judged for that. Is that okay, Stovall? Do you tell, is that okay to write in your, because I didn't wanna contradict you. Okay, I just wanna make sure, because maybe Stovall said don't ever write in your Bible, and if he did that, man, that's be bad, all right? Have his security guys, like, tase me. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ says, come to me. You, come to me, you, come to me. You, come to me. Yeah, you come to me and look at this. All you who are weary and burdened. Now, I just love that about Jesus. Because he doesn't say, watch this, watch this. He doesn't say, come to me, all you who have your stuff together. Come to me, all you who are perfect. And you know what I've noticed about people that, that are perfect? They're hiding something. You know what I'm saying? The more makeup somebody wears, the more they're trying to hide. Am I I right? Don't judge me, I'm just saying. I've just been around for a while. See, one of the things that we think we've got to do in order to come to Christ is be as clean as possible and have it as together as possible and do as much as possible. But the invitation from Jesus isn't for the people who have it all together. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I believe we could also imply from this text from what we talked about, all you who are weary and burdened from carrying hashtags around. All you who are weary and burdened from letting people identify you, for all you who are weary and burdened for, uh, you, for not feeling attractive or feeling stupid or feeling like you're a disappointment or feeling like you're an accident or feeling like you're ungodly. Jesus said, if you're feeling all that, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and look at the promise, and I will give you rest. Don't you love that? He doesn't say, and I will wear you out. He doesn't say, I'll give you a lecture. My gosh, the last thing some of us need is a lecture. When I was ungodly, running from God, I didn't need anybody to tell me I was ungodly. I knew I was, I was good at it. That's why Jesus said, come to me, come to me, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I, and, and I will give you rest. What a promise from the Son of God. Now, I just believe Jesus' promises. Some of you are like, well, how can we know? Well, I don't know anybody that's done the death to life thing other than Jesus. This is where some people go, all religions are essentially the same. No, they're not. No, they're not. All the other religions have like somebody in their tomb and Jesus has an empty tomb. So I think there's some difference there. Love that. There's somebody here tonight. There's somebody here tonight and you've been in, investigating Christianity, and you're like, well, I just don't see the differences. I'm telling you, the resurrection is the reason that we can have hope. The resurrection is the reason we can have hope. The resurrection is the reason that Jesus can deliver on the promises that he makes. No other other religious leader can deliver on the promises they make, but because Jesus was dead and is now alive, he can deliver on the promises. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then he says this, watch this. Then he says this. Take my yoke, which is essentially my teaching, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. Don't learn from Facebook or, or Instagram or Vine or social, and stop. I'm not saying any of those things are wrong and I'm not saying you should stop them tonight. I've got those social media accounts. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying it's wrong to find our identity there. He said, take my teaching on you and learn from me, watch this, for I am gentle 
and humble in heart. Jesus, once again, Jesus isn't standing at the edge of heaven just waiting to hang you over hell and scare you to death. Jesus said, no, no, I'm gentle and humble in heart. And then he promises this, look at it. Here's, here, here it is again, I love it. And you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your soul. I mean, I'm talking, listen, listen, I'm talking rest on the deepest level possible. I'm talking rest where you can walk around and people say stuff about you and you're like, my identity is in Christ. He bought me, he made me, and he labels me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. Then he says this, for my yoke, for my teaching is easy, and my burden is light. I love that about Jesus. So I just, I just wrote some hashtags down um, that you, if you are a Christian, if you have received Christ, these are true about you. If you have not ever in your life received Christ, these can be true about you tonight simply by asking Jesus to come into your life. The first one, if you, want, if you want to write this down, new. New. I love that one. I love, I love new. I, Jesus doesn't fix you up. He makes you new. I love, that, I love that concept. Jesus did not die on a cross so that he could fix you up. He died on the cross to make you new. And the reason I love this is because I've got a past that I'm not very proud of. And a lot of times the enemy will bring my past up. Hey, look what you did, look what you did, look what you did. But I discovered according to the scripture that what I did is not who I am if I am in Christ. Jesus Christ is greater than the sin that dominated my life. And when he came into my life, he power washed my soul and made me into a brand new person. And I stand before him today brand new. And that's true of all who are in Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Second hashtag, and, and, and this, is, this is mainly for the ladies, and I've just got a, I've got a heart for ladies. I wanna to talk to you. Second hashtag, it's beautiful. Girls, girls, let me, let me, let me talk to you. Let me, let me talk to you, and I, I just wanna be real serious, okay? Some of you have gone too far. You feel used, damaged, broken, and the enemy has told you that you are no good. But if you're in Christ, you're a daughter of the king. And let me just say this, the daughter of the king will not ever surrender her heart to a beggar in the street. You wait on the Lord to send a prince that will pursue you. And if there's a dude in here that takes advantage of girls, listen man, knock it off. Just knock it off. Just knock it off, man. You know why? You know why, bro? Because you're a better man than that. You're a I'm, not, I'm not here to fuss. I'm just telling you, you're a better man than that. And one of these days, bro, let me tell you something. You're gonna have a daughter. And it gets real. In Christ, you're beautiful. It doesn't matter what you've done. 
It matters who Christ is. Next one is accepted. <laughs> I love that one. Because <laughs> all of us want acceptance. I've had people go, I don't care what people think about me. You know what you're saying? You're saying, I really do care what people think about me. <laughs> but in Christ, you're accepted. You're accepted. Listen, you become his child. And here's the cool thing about Karis, my daughter. She's seven years old. She'll always be my daughter. She'll always be my daughter. I remember when she was born, people, people were telling me, oh, childbirth is beautiful. Childbirth is beautiful. Childbirth is beautiful. No, no, it's not. <laughs> Crack smoker, it's not beautiful. It's, it freaked me out. I had to sit down. They were giving Lucretia drugs. I was like, can I get some of that? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, They held Karis up to me, and I, I went, whoa, it's not done. I mean, because she, she didn't look beautiful. She looked like E.T. with a deformed. And the first year of her life, I love her, but she tried her best to make me miserable. She would wake up in the middle of the night. She peed on me the entire, first, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. She peed on me. One night, I'm playing that game where you throw your kid up in the air and you catch him. I know you're not supposed to do that, but <laughs> screw it. So I'm throwing up in the air and catching her. And she had just eaten and she threw up in my mouth. Do you know what I did not do? I did not jump up off the couch and spike her going, what are you doing? <laughs> no, I laughed. I laughed hysterically. I cleaned her up. I cleaned me up. You know why? Because I'm her father and I'm bigger than her mess. And your heavenly father is bigger than your mess. And he accepts us. Listen, Jesus Christ we're not accepted by God because of our performance, but because of our position as his child. And no matter what Karis does, she may grow up and we may have a conversation or an argument and she may walk away and never talk to me again. She can damage the fellowship, but she cannot end the relationship because she will always be my daughter and she will always be accepted by my father. If you're a Christian, you're accepted by God tonight. Last but not least, Valued, valued, valued. I have a friend of mine um, that plays football in the NFL. He uh, um, plays for the Buffalo Bills, running back C.J. Spiller. He's from Florida, right? And he made like, I, I think his rookie contract was like 28 million. 20, people go, all oh, that money won't make you happy. <laughs> I'd like to try. I, I, I'd like to give it a shot. I really would. I remember when the Buffalo Bills drafted him. I'm sitting there scratching my head. I'm going, they paid, they paid $28 million for C.J. Spiller. Godly man, godly man. Came to church um, all four years at New Spring when he was at Clemson, just loves Jesus. I started thinking, I started thinking, does what C.J. Spiller do in the offseason matter to the Buffalo Bills, yes or no? 
Yes, because they've invested in him, right? They've invested in him. They've, they've invested in CJ. In fact, I think you could almost say that the value of something is determined by the price that someone is willing to pay for it. Could we not? And we can look at C.J. Spiller and say that C.J. Spiller is valuable to the Buffalo Bills because they were willing to pay such a high amount for him. Well, if the value is determined by the price that someone is willing to pay and God sent his son to die on a cross for you, that gives you value to the creator of the universe. God sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross to pay for your sins so that you could be made new, you could be accepted, you could be forgiven, you could be restored, you could be healed, you could be set free, and all those are true. If you're in Christ, here's my prayer, that you would stop allowing the world to hashtag you. And if you've never received Christ, listen to me, listen, listen. You've got no excuses. You've got no excuses tonight. I'm telling you, as a man that ran from God for years and a man who met Jesus, and he changed me on May 27th, 1990, and he's still changing me today, there's nothing in this world that's greater than Jesus. And if he can change me, he can change you. So with that in mind, can we, can we pray, bow our heads and close our eyes? And if you're a couple here tonight, you're in high school or middle school and you're dating, we're so proud of you, it's awesome. Don't hold hands. No, serious, don't hold hands. Prove to the world how secure you are in your dating relationship and let go of each other for five minutes. You, you might be broke up by the time invitation's over with anyway, so, oh, you think I'm kidding? Anyway, Jesus, God, I just got a heavy heart, Lord, because I just feel like there's some people in this room that don't know you. And I feel like there's some that do know you, Jesus, that have never stepped into the identity that you have for us. So Father, I pray over these next few moments that you will do what you've been so faithful to do for centuries and centuries that you would just reach down your finger from heaven and touch hearts and say, I want you, I want you, I want you. I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you. And so if you're here tonight, you don't know Christ, you do not have a relationship with Christ. You're like, you know what? That, that invitation that Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I'll give you, I wanna receive that. I wanna ask Jesus into my life tonight. I wanna ask Christ into my life. I want to receive the identity that all those, I want that, I want new, I want accepted, I want value, I want, I want all that. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, that if we will confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. That means I'm just gonna give everything to Jesus. I'm just giving my life to Jesus. I'm gonna trust Jesus with my life. It's, I'm not in the pilot seat anymore. I'm the co-pilot. Jesus, you just take it. The Bible says we confess him as the Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. And so if that's you tonight and you wanna ask him into your life, I wanna invite you right where you sit to do that right now. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And it's not the prayer 
that makes you a Christian is the declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord. So right where you sit, right in your, just in your heart, if you wanna ask Jesus Christ to come in your life, I want you to pray in your heart right now. Say, Jesus Christ, I confess you are Lord. I confess that you are my God. I confess that you are my King. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave. And right now, Jesus, I ask you, come in, come over, take over, take it all. I surrender my life to you. Show me how to follow you the rest of my life, the best I know how. Now with hands, with heads still bowed and eyes still closed, if you just prayed to receive Christ, on the count of three, I'm gonna count of three, I just want you to, when I hit three, I just want you to raise your hand and leave it raised. One, two, three. If you pray to receive Christ, I want you to put them up, 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 put them up high, put them up high, put them up high, put them up high. If you just pray to receive Christ, put them up high. This is awesome. Put them up high, this is awesome. Now, listen, if you got your hand up, I just want you to look at me right now. I'm so proud of you. I'm so pumped you came tonight. But one of the things that Jesus asked us to do is go public. So one of the things I want you to do tonight is you just raised a hand and that's awesome, but I'm gonna ask everybody to look up. And when I count to three, if you pray to receive Christ, I want you to stand to your feet. Now it's easy to raise a hand, it's, but, but listen, you go, well, what are people gonna think? What about, it doesn't matter, because you're hashtag new and accepted and valued and loved. I mean, you're, you're, you're just new. And so if you pray to receive Christ, you stand. Now listen, everybody in the room as a Christian, you're gonna be excited and you're gonna wanna stand too, but don't stand because then we think that like 2,000 people got saved and that'd be awesome to tweet, but it's not true. I wanna truly celebrate the people that receive Christ tonight. So if you raised your hand, I want you to stand up on three. One, two, three. Let's go right now. If you pray to receive Christ tonight, you stand up. All in the back, you stand up right over here and stay standing. Stay standing, stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. This is awesome, y'all, right here. This is what it's about. Stay standing, stay standing. Let's celebrate them. Let's celebrate right back up here in the top. Let's celebrate right over here. Let's celebrate down here on the floor. Hey, stay standing, stay standing, but hold up, hold up, hold up, because I wanna tell you something. Stay standing, everybody that's standing up, stay standing, stay standing, because this, this is cool, this is cool. I wanna, I wanna tell you this, because I feel like we bonded tonight. I will probably never know your name. You can hit me up on social media if you want to, and I'll, I'll try to respond to that, but most likely I'll never know your name. But you know what? It's fine, I don't need to know your name, because in heaven, I'm in the same line you're in. I, I'm, I'm gonna be pushing you out of the way to try to get to G, closer to Jesus so I can just get on my face. But even though I don't know your name, the Bible says in Luke 15 that when one sinner repents of his or her ways, that the angels in heaven rejoice. So don't, don't miss this, don't miss this. Right now, there's a party going on in heaven and your name 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 
and your name and your name is being screamed all over the halls of heaven and celebrating so now everybody can get on their feet and give somebody a hug and celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ has changed lives tonight in this place. And hey, if you're somebody that's struggling, if you're a Christian, you're struggling with a hashtag, you're struggling with one of those hashtags we put up, man, here's my prayer for you, that you'll step into the identity that Jesus has called you to. We've got people, I'm sure that somebody will be up in a little while, if you pray to receive Christ to give you further instructions, if you need to talk to somebody, they'll give you instructions, but I just wanna tell you thank you so much for letting me be here tonight. I want to pray for you, and then I think the band's going to lead us in another worship song, and I want us to wear this one out, because we have like 200 brand new brothers, sisters in Christ tonight. Jesus, there is no one greater. There is no one higher. There is no one like you. You are great. You will never disappoint. You will never let us down. You will be our strength and our shield and our help and our refuge and our fortress and our defender and our deliverer. And we look to you, Jesus, and we thank you that you supply everything we need. And we celebrate your name. And everybody that agreed said, 